Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Neil, the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists from Shea. Oh, oh the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 no. oh, no. right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor, on the deep phone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. Welcome to episode 34 of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook. Sitting next to me, as always, Eric Hawk and Jake Light. Episode 34, Pacers on a big win the other night against the Suns. Big game tomorrow night against the Sixers. How are you guys doing? Good. That Suns game was pretty fun. One of those games we get like every week or so that's just we just completely blow out a team that sucks i, I love watching it. i wish the whole nba was like that alizé night man it meant a lot. Night. and uh jj giving pacers twitter a shout out knowing what we wanted i thought that was pretty cool kind of responding to what we what we sent him on twitter so that was big um, it was, was big we had a great time uh it's a great game I got kind of bored with the game, actually. I kind of went back and forth. That was a very it. boring yeah, game. I, I, I mean, watched it, but it was, like, painful to yeah, watch. I flipped. I was just flipping because it was just – it got to the point where at one point I think we were up by, like, 27, and it was just clear. Like, Devin Booker had, like, four points, and it was just like, okay, this game's over. I mean, after Bojan scored 10 straight to start the game, I knew it was over. Oh, yeah, he was, like, so, at 10-2. Like, he was on two, easy street after that. He, was on, he had 10 points, two rebounds, two assists in, the, like, the first, like, four minutes. Yeah, so I played awesome. him on FanDuel, and I was just – And I do want to say I called the Tyreek Evans 20-pointer – when yeah, everybody got 20 points last No, time. but he scored 20 exactly. Okay. And I said yeah, it before the game. That's pretty big. Three yeah, and he came back in. You should have seen me. I celebrated like we won the championship. <laughs> we basically did. I mean, we I was jumping up and down. <laughs> no, uh, or Aaron Holiday, I believe he was 5-2-2. Two, and two. Just just an efficient five minutes of play. Just get him out there. Just play him. TJ I mean, just play him. Uh, I will say I will I will say this. We give TJ a bunch of crap along with a bunch of other people, but he has played. I'm not going to say great, but he's played sufficiently. He's competent in his playing time. He hasn't looked terrible. It's all you can ask for, really. I mean, yeah, like yeah. I mean, so since the last time we recorded, the Pacers play the Celtics. We actually recorded right before that game, and we said it was going to be a win. Whoops! It obviously was not. We're not going to talk about that Celtics game. It's over. It's done with. But they've had some big losses since then. And we got a tweet today from David Harrison, our you know big podcast guest. He tweeted at us with an article with grades for midseason grades about the Celtics. They got a D, and he said Celtics get a D because they did not take what they had and let it grow. I said it in our podcast that they will struggle. 
So these are David Harrison. David players? Harrison. No, they were actually Sports Illustrated no, grades. Sports Illustrated grades. But so David Harrison had called that they would struggle. Yeah, he did say that. He's a genius. So well, they're trying to do. They're trying to do too much. And somebody, you know, somebody brought this up on Twitter, which I don't really watch too many Celtics games. I'll pop over. They're not exactly a great team to watch. But you got Kyrie trying to prove he's the guy. You got Jason Tatum trying to prove that he can take the next step. Uh, you got. Mr. Brown, Jalen Brown, trying to prove he should be a starter. You got Gordon trying to prove he's coming back. I mean, and Terry Rozier wants a big contract. So you got too many guys trying to do stuff, and uh, it's just not working out well. And I think that frustration boiled over, obviously, with Kyrie um, in the, the locker room at, at the end of that game. I think it was against the Nets. Was it, it was the Magic. He uh, Oh, yeah, he basically said that he, can't win. Yeah. he was pissed off at Gordon Hayward. Oh, yeah, yeah. for the out-of-bounds. That's yeah. what it was, the out-of-bounds play at the end. and The ball was supposed to go to him. Apparently, he passed to Tatum. But, I mean, there's so many options. Yeah. Can Hayward or can Kyrie ever get mad at Hayward? Because he threw the oop to break his leg, does that does that add up? I mean, he's kind of got a lifelong past, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, I feel like well, well he's got he's definitely got to get out of jail free card. Yeah, well, well first off, he was just surprised Kyrie passed the ball in the first place. That that was partially what happened. I mean, he was like, oh shit, I got to go up <laughs> and get it. Up. Yeah, he was a little off balance, and that's what that's what really did it. So a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Man. Yeah. yeah, Nick's game went pretty well, I think, as everybody expected. They play hard; they just suck. Yeah, they really suck. Um, so you know, this is the best the Knicks have played in years, just because from a from a working hard perspective, they just don't have the talent. <laughs> so not much to say about their easy win. And same thing with the Suns. One thing I do want to talk about mm. was a question I posed on Twitter. Oh no! Who would you rather have, <coughs> Lakers, <coughs> Suns? T.J. Warren, Devin Booker, and uh, DeAndre Ayton, or Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, and uh, Ingram, Brandon Ingram. This one's pretty obvious. I, mean, I take the Suns. Suns every time. Suns every single time. Which goes to my point that the Lakers, who have these high expectations and their best players out, I mean, their team's just not very good. They're not. They they're suck. Not, I mean, they're out without the LeBron, league. they are the Phoenix Suns. They got too many. They got too many guys that kind of do the same thing. Just like you got Kuzma, Ingram. I don't even know the difference, really. I mean, they both play that same way. Lonzo can't shoot. He's like a twenty percent free throw shooter. I mean, it's some kind of staggering number. I mean, they can't score without LeBron. And even with LeBron, they have trouble shooting. So what do they do? Do you think they make a big move at the threat deadline? We might have to wait on that. Yeah, oh, I think that's a wait and see because they think they can get someone else this offseason. Maybe in the podcast. But, maybe in the podcast. But, yeah, let's not spend too much time yeah. on the Lakers. Yeah. They get enough pub as yeah. it is. We're I just thought that was an interesting question. Trade talk time, so. Anyway, I have. Uh, let's talk about the Celtics – or, excuse me, the Sixers preview, and then i got a trivia question mm. for you guys to end the segment. Oh, boy. So oh, preview shit. the upcoming Sixers game. Thursday night, TNT, big matchup at home versus the 76ers. It is assumed that all three of the Sixers' big three will be playing in Butler, Embiid, and Simmons. What are you guys looking for tomorrow? I feel like this is a must-win game for the Pacers. You think so? I think so. You think it's must-win? Well, if they lose, it's not going to be a big deal, but I think... (laughs) No, it definitely hurts us positioning pretty bad. Well, yeah, they're a game behind us, and I think, I mean... I don't know. I just feel like you're at home. You're on national TV. Charles Barkley's going to be watching. We've already beat him once. You got this. Is your way to get your name out there more and say 
were for real. This is the Charles Barkley episode, too. Yeah, episode Charles Barkley 34. hasn't watched a Episode yeah. 34. Yeah, Charles Barkley <laughs> hasn't watched a game yet. This will be his first Pacers game he watches. Do you think they actually watch the game like before they talk? No. No, I, I think he There's watches too many bits. distractions. He looks at that rhythm. Charles, I bet Kenny Smith is the only one who watches. <laughs> Charles and Shaq are bickering, and then they look at the final score. They go to the spread, see what's yeah. available to eat. Well, they. I guarantee you that he will say something about how shocked he is that Sabonis is good. Because I Sabonis is going to play well tomorrow because he didn't play great yesterday. He got his foul trouble early, but he's going to be like, "Oh, this this white guy they got Sabonis, he's going to really play." And like, it's just it annoys me to no end. But yeah, like Chris said, they just don't watch like they should. No but, way they watch. Yeah. So what are you guys looking for? What do you expect to happen? Sixers are hot. What do the Pacers got to do to win I mean, at they, home? They've been playing well lately. They destroyed Minnesota. That was like a grudge match. That game. was Jimmy Butler. Honestly, it's going to be a tough game just because of the way Joel always plays. I feel like he's always killing us in the paint, so we'll see. I mean, we got to have Miles playing playing well with that broken nose. I'm more interested to see how we guard them defensively. Uh, you know, are we gonna are we gonna show our cards? I mean, this is a potential playoff matchup. I actually like I, I've been preaching it. I like this matchup for us more than some of the other teams. Who's going to guard Simmons? Who is you know is this going to be the game where we decide? <clears throat> you know, we got to go out of our way to obtain another tall, big, 3-and-D wing-type guy because Simmons, that's the only thing that scares me because I think Miles will be okay on Embiid. I we mean, have nobody that can guard Simmons. They right. young guard him last time, right? He, he had yeah, to. Yeah, but now because we started Bowie. Yeah, we started Bowie. Yeah, yeah. That was like the day after he got traded. Yes, so it was really tough. So it's going to be interesting to me to see how they do. You gotta put the padlock on. So who's yeah. the padlock gonna guard? Padlock cannot guard <laughs> padlock Ben can. Simmons. <laughs> but if he, but if he does and he does well, we'll tweet the picture. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, yeah. So, what's the uh, trivia question you have lined up for us? Then that's it for the preview. You're not gonna tell me who you think wins. I mean, I think I'm always gonna say the Pacers, Pacers win. Pacers twenty easy. I think um, I think we actually win. My easy. prediction is either the Pacers lose by double digits or they win a close one. Yeah, it's not going to be a blowout. No, I, I don't think, think the Pacers think will gonna, blow them out. I think it's going to be slow down, grab the wall, wiggle like it, trying to make it fall off. Home games, right? In a row? Yeah, we have a, we have a yes. stretch here. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so over the weekend we play the Mavericks. So Luka coming to town. Nice. Get to watch him. And uh, also Kimba and the Hornets are coming in on Sunday. The revenge. So, well, yeah, we revenge haven't played game. Them since that game they went Yes, you're so. correct. So, leading into that. Trivia question for today. I love trivia. Episode 34 of the podcast. And I'm going to ask Hawk to close his computer (laughs) just so he isn't tempted to look up the answer. Episode 34, uh, obviously in Pacers franchise history, Mel Daniels wore that number. Uh, Hall of Famer. um, Jersey's retired. So only four people have worn that jersey number, and there's no way you could guess the other three. Absolutely zero way you could guess the other three that have worn it. So instead of that, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to – I don't even know. I'd have to look it up again. (laughs) We're going to do number three and number four. That's numbers people have worn? Yes. So number three and number four together is number 34, episode 34. And what I want you to do is name the last five players – to where oh my God. the number three and the number four in the Pacers organization. Now don't together? yeah don't I ramble do. don't ramble it all off at once. Let's right. start with number three. So okay. the last five to wear number three in the Pacers organization. Zarunis Yesikevichus. There's one. The, the point guard, uh, the small point guard we had for like a year. Evan, Aaron Brooks. 
Darren no. Brooks, no. that's a good no. one. Was he three? I think he was zero. He was zero, wasn't he? he I don't know, zero. maybe he was. He Gilbert Arenas. This, this is really tough. Aaron Holiday, is that just There kind of, you go. Okay. So I got one of these. So two <laughs> out of five. Um... Uh, Travis Bet. Oh, uh, you're, you're going three only. Three only. Don't think I'm stupid, fans. I'm sorry. Um, three. Only. The other three should be pretty easy. Really? Yeah. Is one of them white? Yes. Was it uh? Didn't was it Hansborough's brother? Didn't we have Hansborough's brother? No, Ben Hansborough. He was like no. thirty. I think. Yeah, he's like thirty-two or something. I don't know. What about uh, Travis Diener? No. Oh, I think he was three. Oh He's like ten. I think. This is terrible. this is bad. This is bad. What about the the point guard that we had, TJ Ford? No. Is that before? There was one from what that. Troy there was one from that era. What was it? Who'd TJ you say? Troy Murphy. There you go, Troy Murphy. I, mean, I can remember, but then I said Zoom three was. out of five. The last two you should get. These are two guys that you've watched play in the last five years. In the last five years, Chris Copeland. No. What number was he? Uh, he was in the 30. Yeah, he no, he's 22. 22. Yes. What number was CJ Miles? Zero. So that's why Aaron Brooks zero. wasn't zero then. Okay, who cares about Aaron Brooks? Anyway. <laughs> okay, so three. And these are guys. I'm so bad with so the They played with Paul George era. Yes, both. They played with Paul George. What number was Monte Ellis? Was he six? Come on, this one should be a freaking layup. One of them should be a layup. What? One of them should be a layup, and when you realize it, how much of a layup it was... <laughs> oh, George Hill. There you go. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you going to say? What am I missing that's that obvious? All right, one more. I'll tell you, he started off his career. He did not wear the number three to start off. He changed it after George Hill left to number three. Not a well-known player. He was on the oh, team. Oh, it was, yeah. It was on the team last year. He was uh, Paul George's little buddy. Yes. Morgan. Oh, uh, uh... Joe, Matty, Mighty Joe Young. There you go. There you go. Okay, good. So, Sarunas, Yesikevichus. Hey, we got perfect there. Troy Murphy, <laughs> George Hill, Joe Young, Aaron Holiday. People are, like, screaming George yeah. Hill at us. So, all right, moving on. Number four. We got it. This one won't be as easy, I don't feel like. Number four, one of them should come right Picture off the bat. The There's one. Tra- is Travis Best or is it too late? Travis Best is not on here. So, what What year do we have another four on the team after Recently. What number is Mike Dudley? Okay, I'll give you a hint on the other number four, Rev Diesel. Oh, he's Luis, Luis Scola. There you go. <laughs> Luis Scola. That's a good one. That is a good one. Love Scola. Four. Before it was, there wasn't anybody between Scola and Oladipo. So Macy O'Basin was nine. Okay. There was a four on that team though, right? The other hint, I'm not giving you a hint yet. Keep thinking. Oh, I, one tough. of these guys I don't think you'll get. Two of them you have a chance. But I'll have to give you a hint on both of them. Looking at Are they the big guys? Not on the bobbleheads. <laughs> <laughs> These oh. last three are bench warmers. Bench warmers on pre Luis Scola teams. Yes. Oh, so that's tough. Yeah, that is really that's tough. That's a really Are you good ready one. for a hint? Yes. Yes. All right, one of them has been on the podcast. Oh, uh, Eddie Gill. There you go. Eddie, Eddie Gill. Gill. Okay. You sick son of a bee. Two left. And these were before Eddie Gill? No, these two were in between. In between? I'm trying to think of all the autographs. The other one... I've got three on the The floor, other so one... you got to get one. you got to help The other one got scored on by LeBron in that game one of the 13 conference finals. They took Hibbert out of the game. Oh, Solomon Hill. No. Why, he went why, on the team. Not Solomon Hill. Who is it? It's somebody... It's somebody he like looks that, like though. he's 50. 
not Damian Wilkins, is it? No. <laughs> he is 50. No, I'm just kidding, Damian. Um, it was somebody like that, though, wasn't it? Do I need to tell you? So, number four, he was a guard. Ford. No. So, Ford was wasn't Scola. 2013. He played a lot of minutes because Danny Granger was out that most of that year, all that year. Oh. Same Another last man. name as Thaddeus. Oh, Sam Young. There you go. Sam, Sam Young. Young. I completely <laughs> Sam Young. That is a good one. But now I can see He does look like he's like Sam 50. Young. Yeah. All right. Last one. He was a first round draft pick um, back in the late 2000s. Got in trouble a lot for smoking. Smoking some doobie. Sean Williams? There you go. Sean Williams. Perfect. So, Eddie Gill, Sean Williams, who was the one before him? I put my phone down. Uh, Luis Scola. Luis Scola, Sam Young, and Oladipo. Wow. So, those are pretty tough. Those Those are like legends, too. I'm trying to think of a, what would be the hardest number that you couldn't name anybody. I don't know because three and four are pretty common. So like, if you said like Scott Pollard's number, no, he's definitely like, like the only one. <laughs> Nineteen, no idea. So that was a trivia question. Yeah, you guys. Good. What number was Rasha Mysterovich? I don't. I was, nine, I think. I know. Nine. Nine would be a good one because Maceo Mason, Rasha Mysterovich. <laughs> Those are some scrubs. Yes. I love it. All right, so that's gonna wrap that up. Coming up next, listener call-in show. You asked, we listened. We have three callers on the show today. Coming up here in a few seconds. You know, ever since we started Born Ready to Pod, people have been asking us for advice. Usually it's how many games will the Pacers or insert NBA team here will win this season. The truth is, I don't know. But if you think you know, you got to go check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to us. And that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code READY to activate your offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code READY. That's R-E-A-D-Y. When creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, guys. Starting with our first listener call-in. The guy we've been wanting to get on the podcast here for a while. At Jeremy W. Miller. So his name is Jeremy Miller. We have him on the line right now. Jeremy, thank you so much for uh, letting us talk with you tonight. I'm glad to do it, guys. I've been wanting to do it myself. So, pretty much, I know we had some things that we talked about discussing, but I'm going to let you open it off. What are your thoughts on the Pacers so far? Anything that, things that you like, things that you don't like so far this season uh, has played out at the beginning of the year? Yeah, I, uh, I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, I like where the Pacers are at right now. I still think we're one player away from being a legitimate contender in the East. Uh, 
we started off pretty well. Uh, as you guys know from my tweets and stuff, I was pretty down on Miles Turner at the beginning of the season because uh, I still think he's soft, but I've come to the conclusion that that's just his game. He's not going to be a punishing big man like uh, like I would like for him to be. He's more of a finesse player, but uh, my son is a huge Miles Turner fan. We had a bet going back to the beginning of the season. He bet me $100 that Miles is going to make the all-star team. Oh! Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I got $100 coming. <laughs> He's sitting there shaking his head. But but like I said, I, I really saw it the last uh, – the three games he was out or whatever that stretch was, we missed him. Rim protector. I yeah. mean, we missed him big, big time. So I think the Pacers are one of those teams that is, is really a team is not, uh, you know, two, three superstars that are doing everything. I, I like the way they play together. I like the way they play defense. They get after it. Uh, kind of old school basketball. And uh, that's that's what I like to see out of them. So you sound like you've been a, a pretty hardcore basketball fan for a long time. Is that right? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm 40, 41 years old, be 42 next month. And I grew up watching Indiana, Bobby Knight, uh, I played in, in high school uh, up till I was a freshman, and then I decided I wanted to farm more than I wanted to play basketball. No but, problem there. Uh, motion offense, defense. I'm I'm that old get off your lawn guy. I want to see defense. <laughs> I want to see hustle. I wish they'd do away with the damn three point line in high school basketball <laughs> altogether. It's ruined the sport. There you go. But it's uh, yeah, I'm I'm a basketball purist, man. So believe it or not, from the state of Indiana, I was a Magic Johnson fan. Uh, more than a Larry Bird fan. Oh, really? So, yeah, I always grew up uh, watching the Lakers and the Celtics back in the 80s, and my dad, he, he was a big Bird fan, but I always liked the Lakers, man. Always always liked him. Like Magic over Larry. Both great players, but uh, I'm a Magic guy. So if there's one guy through the years that you want Miles Turner to play more aggressively, like you said, what guy would you hope that he measures his game after, or, like takes on a role after, if you want to be more aggressive? Oh, I think, well, let's just stick right here at home. Uh, Rick Smith. Rick Smith, he was aggressive. Yeah. But he also had a nice mid-range game. Miles is shooting shooting the three much better uh, here of late, the last month and everything. But I, I'd like to see the Dutchman. He had some post moves, too. You know what I mean? He sure did. I'll be, real, I'll be real interested to see what happens when he goes up against Embiid tomorrow night. I think the last time they played, Embiid pretty well just abused him and did whatever he wanted. I want to see Miles when we play a you know top tier center like that. I want to see him be able to hold his own and not just kind of disappear into the woodwork. And that's what he's that's what I've seen out of him so far against the big names. You know the Davises, the Embiid's of of the NBA. Yeah. To be fair, though, nobody can guard those guys. Like in a in a serious way, there's very few guys that can. But no, I definitely yeah, agree with you. Uh, I'll give you that. They are they are freaks of nature, but I don't I don't like for them to be non-existent. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you talked about your evolution of, of the way you looked at Miles, and just kind of understanding that he's probably not going to be that big, you know, bruising guy. Like we we might need him to be eventually. I don't think he's going to evolve his game that quickly, especially this year. But one guy that drives Pacers Twitter absolutely batshit crazy, Tyreek Evans. So where are you at on the Tyreek Evans hype train? When he's good, he's really good. When he's bad, he's really bad. So where do you fall on that, Jeremy? Okay, I'm going to start this off by saying 
Tyreek Evans was supposed to be the guy that replaced Lance Stevenson. Yeah. Correct? Yes. Correct. I'm sorry, boys. I don't think Tyreek's any better than Lance. You got good Lance, bad Lance, good Tyreek, bad Tyreek. <laughs> I, like I would that. rather have Lance Stevenson, who I felt like wanted to be here, wanted to be a part of the team, than Tyreek Evans, that reminds me of old 40-ounce Derek McKee. Don't smile. Don't frown. No nothing. He looks like he's high as a busload of hippies every time he plays. Yes. And his game, his game is, he reminds me of Travis Best. He just pounds the ball into the floor. I mean, it was nice with Lance and Delmas, that second unit, you get that high pick and roll going, and Lance can drop dimes. Tyreek, he just Euro-stepping his way, traveling to the rim, throwing it off the bottom of it. I, I don't like him. He doesn't play defense. I don't think he's – I'm not in the locker room. I don't know. But just, just from watching him on the sidelines and stuff, it, it's like, what doesn't fit here? It's Tyreek. That's my opinion. Uh, I would have moved I, – I wish they would move him before the All-Star break. I don't know if that's going to happen. But, yeah, I don't know if uh, any other teams are clamoring for a guy like that after what you just described, <laughs> but hopefully. I mean, I, I tend to agree with you most games. I think when he's playing well, it takes our team to a whole other level, though, which I really enjoy, but that's definitely few and far between. Yeah, he had a good game the other night against Phoenix. I'm 41 years old. I could go lay some up against Phoenix. Come <laughs> on. I mean, Victor said as much in the locker room afterwards. He's like, yeah, we're supposed to beat these guys by 37. Yeah. yeah. Go out and beat Philadelphia. Go out and don't choke to Toronto. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you want to be in the top of the Eastern Conference, you have to handle business against against teams like Phoenix for sure. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It was – what was that last awful loss that we had, Jack? Cleveland. My son here. Wait a what's your, what was it? Cleveland. Cleveland. Yes. Uh, Dude, how's that happen? You want to talk about going to the Eastern Conference Finals and you're going to get beat by the Kardashians? Come on. <laughs> well, I think in the NBA specifically, like you're going to have those once a couple games a year. I mean, no team beats every team they're supposed to well, beat. Well, like the, the Hawks have beat like the Celtics and somebody else. Yeah, the Celtics will yeah, The Nets are hot right now. There's more parity in the league now than there used to be. Yeah. Back in the day, the Lakers weren't going out and getting beat by the Clippers. That wasn't happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot more parity, I think, in the NBA. You just can't take a night off. So I'll give you that. But it's still no excuse. You should never get beat yeah, by I agree. Mr. Kardashian. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Well, the, the thing about the Pacers, when we got Tyreek, when we made some of those signings, we were supposed to have the best second unit in the league. And I think yeah. night in, night out, we have a solid second unit, but we, we do have times where we're not hitting shots. And one of those guys, another hot name on Pacers Twitter is – uh, Doug McDermott and part of the reason was we gave him a contract that a lot of I think a lot of Pacers fans didn't really understand uh, maybe thought we overpaid for him and I know he's a guy that kind of drives you nuts as well now he does play hard but there are limitations to his game so what about Dougie McBuckets drives you crazy Dougie McBuckets what drives me crazy is anytime he's on the floor when we're on the defense event we're playing four on five Period. He's going to guard the wall. If Dougie McBuckets works as hard on the defensive end as he does to try to get open, watch McBuckets play. He moves, and I told my son this the other day, and I was telling my wife we were watching the game. I said, look, watch how he knows how to get open. That's a coach's son. He'd come off screens and everything else. I wish he was hitting a better percentage than what he is right now. Uh, I think I heard on the radio today on the way home he's only like uh, – maybe 32% at home 
He's like eight eight percent below whatever his career average is in Banker's life. Yeah, he so. shoots a lot better on the road. Yeah, he he's been a lot better on the road. But come on, it, either he's, he's Dougie McBuckets or he's Kyle Korver or he's Reddick. You you pick. Which one of those guys out of those three would you have rather had? I'd have rather had Red Reddick. Oh I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish we would have been able to make something work there. But he's such a liability on the defensive end, and I think that's probably where the Pacers have really made their bones this year is is on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah. And uh, that's that's going to serve him well in the end. But like I said, you're you're giving up a defender when he's out there. So do I think they overpaid for him? Yeah, I absolutely do. I don't think he's played up to up to his contract, but – I wasn't happy when they signed him in the first place. I was bitter when they let didn't re-sign Lance, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're you're amongst three fans of Lance here, <laughs> yeah. so I I tend to agree with you on Doug McDermott's thing. So hopefully we can get him going. One last thing here, and then maybe we'll wrap it up. What is Jeremy Miller's predictions for the rest of the season? Where do you see us going? What do you see us doing? Any trades possibly? What does Jeremy Miller want us to do? Oh, or think we're going to? Do? I don't think we're going to make any moves. I really don't. We're going to be sitting there with all kinds of money come summertime. And in, in a perfect world, I'd like for him to throw the kitchen sink at a Clay Thompson. Yeah. That, that to me, would be absolutely awesome. I think somebody like Clay makes you a legitimate contender. I think the Pacers, I, I, barring injury, we're probably going to finish there in that 3-4 spot. Uh we can beat any anybody we go up against any night. I mean, we've we beat Boston, we've beat Milwaukee, we we haven't beat Toronto yet. And I hate Toronto. I don't like Canadians in general. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to any Canadian listeners that may be out there. It's uh, all right. I don't trust anybody who eats that much syrup and mistakes bacon for ham. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think Hawks. But, I think Hawks. Oh wait, are you finishing up that answer? What's that? Okay, I'm going to ask you another question. Hawk said that was the last question, but I got one more question for you. Okay. You said at the beginning that you want high school to ban the three-point shot. So, Absolutely, I do. So, what, do you, what are your thoughts on the Warriors then? They shoot all these threes. They kind of changed the NBA. Do you think they ruined the NBA? Yeah, I think it's not as enjoyable for me to watch as a basketball purist. I mean, I would agree. Steph, Curry, Steph Curry's a freak. You, you've got to respect what he can do. I I get tired of people. Oh, the Warriors, the greatest team. They set records last night, this, that, or whatever. If they let, if the Warriors played back in the late 80s, or even during Jordan's era uh, back there with when the Knicks were big and everything else, those panty waist out there in Golden State don't get a shot off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's over. They're not gonna let you stand out there in Jack three. So, yeah, I think it's 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 the game's not the same. It's not. I think it's kind of like what what we've said. But yeah, I would just assume if they played if they played a team, you know, it won't obviously won't happen because the eras and you know life moves on. But if they played a team back in like the eighties or nineties with the eighty or nineties NBA rules. They would get crushed, but I feel like if you put that team in today's NBA with all the you know touch fouls and the flagrants that get called, I, I think the I think the Warriors blow them out. So it also depends on how the game's officiated as well. Well, that, you're you're exactly right. It depends how it's officiated. 
I still maintain the 1987 Lakers are the best team that ever played the game. So, and I'll I'll argue that to my dying dying breath. They <laughs> they had it all. That was the ultimate basketball team. I mean, run and gun. They they had Worthy down the post. You got Kareem, Magic. They were just loaded, man, with talent all the way around. Shared the ball. That was fun basketball to watch. It really was. But I could care less what they're doing out there at Golden State. Everybody says, you know, the winner's going to come out of the West. Probably is. I don't know if there's enough firepower in the East anywhere to, to keep up with those guys when they're going to hit 33s a night. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So, so, on the closing remarks, we're going to wrap it up, but do you have anything else, anything you want to get off your chest before we let you go? No, I think I'm in pretty decent humor this <laughs> evening. We'll just have to see how that Philadelphia game goes tomorrow night. Big game for the Pacers. They, uh, it's on TNT, I believe, which yeah. sucks. We're not going to have uh, Quinn and Chris on the call. I like Quinn and smothered chicken. <laughs> Who doesn't? I'll probably listen to Boyle. So, All right, Jeremy, but, uh, we appreciate your time yeah. today. People can go out and follow you at JeremyWMiller3 on Twitter. I hope I got that right for yep. your hot takes and your uh, your uh, comments. You know, sometimes you got some anger-filled tweets, but we love them. We love, we love when you give us some pushback. Yeah, I appreciate you guys, uh, everything you do. Uh, it gives me some entertainment during Pacer games, like I said the other night. Bojan, he hit a three, and I said, hit the damn music. Oh. Like, what the hell are you talking about? You're really going to like what we come out with tonight, then. Yeah, make sure. Because we got some special stuff coming on Twitter tonight, some merchandise, some new logos. I think you're going to like it a lot. Uh, I will definitely be looking for it. I saw where you guys are going to have some kind of announcement or whatever this <laughs> evening. But, uh, and I, I'm going to put my two cents in. I like Quinn Bojan the best. No? Ooh. All right. Yeah, I kind of do, too. <laughs> I would, I would agree. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, th- thanks a lot for uh, joining us. Yeah, we hope to do it again sometime soon. We'll see you. Bye-bye. All right, up next on the listener hotline, we have Austin Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at AHStevens0. Hope I got that right. Yeah, you did. <laughs> All How's right. How's it going, Born Ready to Pod? What's up, guys? How's it going? So you famously DM'd us that you're you love Jay or Chris and Eric's show, and completely <laughs> forgot to mention Jake. So from us, thank you. From Chris and Eric, thank you. Yeah, Austin, this is Jake, and uh, nice to meet you, man. <laughs> hey, Jake. I know who you are, but I, I was um, had a few drinks that night. Pretty excited or not excited about Tyreek? So going on a rant. So. Hey, I don't, I don't blame you. I got the worst voice out of these two guys, so uh, I know I'm a piece of shit sometimes, so don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right, Austin, we're going to give you the floor here. Pretty much any questions, topics you want to discuss, you can go for it. All right, so uh, I normally DM you guys about Patrick Evans, and I'm sure you guys get that a lot from what it sounds like, especially from that Logan guy. But uh, all I'm going to say is, like, the games we lose – you look at Tyreek's stats, he went 2 for 8 against Boston uh, the first time, then two, 6 for 16, then 2 for 8 against the Raptors, and shot 0 for 3 from the line. And that game, McDermott didn't even shoot a 3. It's like, how, how do you even keep going back to Tyreek? Like, why why did the Patriots not even – like, I didn't even give Holiday a shot at shooting guard. Like, 
What do you guys think? Um, I would agree. I think the majority of Pacers fans would agree with your statement, um, and we've talked about it amongst ourselves that at this point you might as well give Holiday more minutes. And it's really a shame that he's came in and you know while Victor was out and he's played serviceable minutes, so he obviously deserves a shot. Um, but I think at this point I don't see there being any way that the Pacers bench Tyreek just because, I mean, they paid him one year $12 million. Um, so I don't think that they're going to admit that maybe it wasn't a good decision. I think the only way that Tyreek gets out of the rotation and, you know, Holiday gets more minutes is, you know, if we make a trade or something like that. But other than that, I think for the foreseeable future, you'll be seeing and complaining about Tyreek <laughs> on Twitter a lot. So, Austin, before you go on here, um, I just kind of think that with Tyreek, I, I don't really view him, like, as a – as a point guard or a shooting guard, we signed him to be a playmaker. And part of what you hit the nail on the head, there was one game where McBuckets doesn't even get a three-pointer off. I mean, his job is to kind of light a fire under that second unit and be a guy that really makes plays. And some games he is like that and some games he's not. His job is to get others involved. Um, and when he's not attacking the rim and McBuckets isn't getting you know open shots, or, you know, Sabonis isn't getting open looks. Part of that is just Tyreek just doesn't, like, come prepared that day to be aggressive. And he's got to be more aggressive or else he does us no good, in my opinion. I just – every time I see him on the court, I feel like our whole offense slows down. Like, like last night, uh, he dribbled the ball up, uh, passed it off to Corey Joseph, and it stood at the top of the arc like, blocking Bogdanovich from the ball, and it's like, dude, bogey's, bogey's there. Like, you got to move somewhere else. Like, he just slows everything down for me. I, I, I can't stand watching him on the court. Yeah, he doesn't move much when he doesn't have the ball, and then when he does attack, which, he, I mean, I will say, he does a really good job. I mean, his, his Euro step bullshit and all, all that other stuff, but he does do a good job of getting to the rim. He's just not very good at, you know, he doesn't have that point guard instinct to find the open man, and he also doesn't have the instinct to make a layup because I thought I saw he's shooting like in the 40s, like 48% or something like that, like right by the basket. It's true. But I don't know. I, I don't know. Just watch him with him at the rim. And, and also you guys kind of touched on the point guard, point guard role. Um, what do you guys think about D.C., Corey Joseph, and Holiday? Do you guys have a specific opinion on our point guards right now? Yeah, I think DC, for all he does wrong or not enough of, I won't say wrong, I think he's definitely a serviceable NBA player. He's played well at times. We look at that. We look at our starting rotation, and he's obviously the, the weakest guy or has played like that. So I think you're going to let his contract play, run out, and then hopefully, you know, I don't think Holiday would be in a position to take the starting role. And I think Corey Joseph has been perfectly enabled to play the second role. So – I would hope we make a move for a, a stable, good point guard in the future, maybe next season. But this year, I think we're going to ride it out unless we make a, a trade at the trade deadline, which we're all kind of hoping for. Something to, to mix up the team a little bit, add some depth. That would be great. Well, along the trade deadline uh, talks, is there, if you could get one player and get rid of one player, who would you get, like a realistic trade? I'll take Anthony Davis and get rid of TJ Leaf. <laughs> Yeah, that's a realistic. Um, I don't know. I don't. I like. I just don't see unless they're going to get a real significant upgrade at the point guard position, they're not going to make a point guard move. Um, 
So I don't see them trading for a point guard. If they do anything, I think it's going to be for another wing player, another player off the bench. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I, I kind of have a little bit of an idea. In my mind, what I would like to see happen is I think you could make your team better in a couple ways. I think if you could trade – we're doing some trades here in this podcast, so you have to listen here tomorrow when, when we put this out. But if you could trade like Darren Collison and Tyreek Evans, like in a, in like a big deal, it'd have to be like a three or four team deal. I, I know it's pretty unrealistic, but if you could just simply move them both and get a wing that can shoot and play defense on that second unit and even push for the first unit in fourth quarter minutes, I think that would be huge. So something I had was something like Tyreek and Collison going out, and then a guy like Josh Jackson, a young guy with a lot of potential that can you know D it up. And then now you can also slide Aaron Holiday up. Kojo's now starting. Holiday's getting his minutes, and then slide a, a wing defender, and I think that'd be like awesome. I really wanted Trevor Ariza. I thought he would have been perfect, but obviously that yeah, didn't that happen. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. A little experience, too. You know, yeah. Good veteran on the uh, – the bench. Great. Yeah, what up? So, uh, what do you guys think about next year, though, with our power forward? Do you think we'll be able to keep Thad and Sabonis each, or are you going to have to move them around, or what? Well, we don't have to pay Thad next year, right? We got one more year. No, this is Thad's this last is year. Um, I think no matter what they do, they're not going to pay a bunch of money for Thad. I mean, he's in his 30s. Uh, Thad wants to be in Indiana. Fans want him there. The team wants him there. So, I think that. I, I see them bringing him back. His minutes might go down, but he's just way too vital to this team. Um, the things he does out there, I mean, don't show up in the stat line every night, but he hustles every single play. Um, he's out he's out there getting loose balls and, you know, just being a leader on the team. So I, I could see him coming back on definitely a lower deal. I think right now he makes like $13 million. So if you could get him for less than that somewhere – around 10 or a little bit less than that. I think he might take a little bit of a discount, but it's also the last big contract he's going to get, so he might try to go get his. Um, I don't see the Pacers paying up for him, but I hope I hope he does come back. Uh, Sabonis, I don't think – I don't know. I don't think that's going to work power forward. I think – what do you guys think? I From what I've seen, I just don't see him and Turner being a – Especially defensively, it's just not good. Yeah, I don't, I don't see him being able to play the four just simply because he, he's best with his back to the basket where he can make a move, and that's not what fours do. I don't think he could guard a four. I don't think I want Turner guarding a four. I, I think that's just not a fit for us. So, and ten years ago, Sabonis playing power forward would be great. Oh, perfect. But right now, you have you know those lengthy guys, and you can't tell me like they threw Thad Young out there on the opposite team playing the power forward. I don't think Sabonis could guard him. Like just a player like him that's quick and can get to the basket. It's hard for Sabonis to say, you know, in front of a guy like that. But I mean, I really hope they bring Thad back. But as far as options go, I mean, you hear all these rumors, Pacers fans talking in the season, Tobias Harris, things like that. I I don't know what they're going to do with their money. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. So, um, here's a little hot, fun little question for you guys. Um, if you could bring back any Pacer, like, from any time to play with this team right now, besides Reggie, Paul George, or Danny Granger, who would it be? Ooh. Any player to bring back from a past team. Um, Me, personally, just because I am biased, I'm saying uh, Ron Artest to bring back. Uh, defensively, I mean, he was best wing defender, I mean, in, in his prime. Uh, he could guard any position. 
Uh, Shooting-wise, his three-point shot was okay. It wasn't great. Um, but a guy like that I would bring back. And I w- I've always been a big Artest guy. I know people have, you know, been down on him because the whole brawl incident. But he's always been one of my favorite players. He's got that crazy instinct, a lot like Lance Stevenson. So I love that in a guy. Um, so I would pick Artest personally. What about you guys? I'd, I'd pick Danny Granger. He said, he said no Granger. You can't pick Danny Granger? No Granger, man. Damn, dude. Uh, right, okay. I think I would have taken our test too, but I'm going to go different. I'm going to say Steven Jackson, um, just just because I, I like I like his edginess. Um, now, hopefully, he doesn't bring. I, I'm not counting the baggage, the literal baggage that he brought into the locker room to, to you know smoke on a nightly basis. I'm talking about literally his his basketball acumen, just because he was a tenacious defender when we needed him to be. Um, he brought an attitude and he wanted to win and. Uh, I think our test is the correct answer here, but I think Steven Jackson, throw him in, and uh, I think he could slide right into that Tyreek Evans spot and be perfect for this team. Yeah, I'll say Mark Jackson. <laughs> Back in the prime Mark Jackson days, a little more dynamic point guard, why not? What about you? See, I, I'm kind of with you for that era because I, I want to see Jalen Rose running. Ooh. Ooh. I was going to say. I like Jalen. Point guard, shooting guard spot, you know? Yeah. I was going to say that was my next option. I was going to say Jalen, but you kind of took it from me there. Yeah, he can bomb. Okay, so I got two more just kind of fun little questions for you guys. Let's do it. All right, what are the coolest slash your favorite jerseys you've owned all time? Ooh. Favorite uh, jerseys. Uh, David Harrison. <laughs> uh, no, I would probably say, uh, I mean, I like to have, like, funny jerseys that I, I mean, I used to buy a bunch of Pacers jersey when I was a kid. Now I just buy them here and there. Oh, my gosh, that's a tough one. I got mine. I like the. Uh, uh, let I, me think about it. I like the old school, like Pacers, Rick Smith's forty-five, like the pinstripe, the pinstripe yeah. ones. Um, back, you know, when they were solid in that late two thousand time period. I just always liked that one. I still have it. Of course, I was like ten years old, so I can't wear it anymore. But I would definitely be interested in like getting another jersey from that era. I think I had the the gold, the gold with blue stripes, and then the blue with gold stripes. I think I had a little bit of everything from that era. You guys ever have any like really random players? Like yes. I, had, I had Fred Jones. Who I, I had Fred Jones. Yes, I had Fred Jones. <laughs> My buddy had a Coke jersey, you know. So you know I had a Scola long sleeve jersey. Shout out Red Diesel. I also <laughs> had a George Hill jersey, which was pretty lame considering all the good yeah, players on that team. But yeah, so I have, I have a Darren Collison jersey from when we drafted him, like before. Oh, really? Like, when we had those old white jerseys, but. Yeah, my wife has one too. Way to bring that up. She had it signed by her ex fiance. It said "Happy Two Years." So, really, yeah, yeah thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks. thanks for bringing that up. No, I had a, uh, I had a Sarunas Yesikevichess jersey Whoa. that meant the absolute world to me uh, because I was a stupid like thirteen year old and I was like, oh my god, we got this stud <coughs> from Europe. He's gonna be on the team forever. And then like I met him and I was like, this dude's like thirty five. This is a bad choice. <laughs> I'm going to go with actually favorite, uh, the Chuck Person, the 80s jerseys, you know, the those ones. I had a Jermaine O'Neal one, and I'm just going to say it's my favorite because it's faded. So that means I obviously wore it like every yeah. other day when I was a kid. Um, yeah. Non-Pacers related jersey, we've talked about it before. I have a Sacramento Kings number 93 Ron Artest purple jersey. Whoa. Yeah, that's how big I was into it. Pretty cool, yeah. Um, and I got it signed by him, which was pretty sweet. That's um, but yeah, I have a bunch of randoms one, random ones. I'd have to go through it. I just can't remember off the top of my head. Now, right now, my favorite jersey. I just bought a Bogdanovich jersey, so that's my new jersey of choice. And I also have uh, 
a Sabonis one as well. So. I just got a Victor Oladipo Hickory one for Christmas. It's pretty awesome. Ooh. And then uh, I had an Emeka Okafor orange Charlotte Hornets original jersey that I wore <laughs> when I played basketball sometimes. It didn't really pan out for me. <laughs> was this, is that the Bobcats jersey? Yep, it was. <laughs> I thought he was going to be so good. Yeah. <laughs> me too. What about you? Uh, so I just got a Jalen Rose jersey recently. I got okay. it uh, um, all maybe with like a little... The yellow and white cross thing on it, like to the side, and then uh, I don't know. Probably Fred Jones jersey is probably like the oldest one. But yep, I had a Fred as well. What else I you got, got for us? Paige's Stoyakovich jersey, which was a classic, number sixteen. I thought that one was pretty great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, two or three month period with Paige, that's for sure. Yeah. So I got one last question. I had a poll on Twitter a while back that I asked, "What was the?" Your favorite rivalry the Pacers ever had? It was obviously the Heat when they had LeBron James, the Knicks in the '90s, or Detroit in the early 2000s. What do you guys think? 100 percent for me, Detroit, because we had we had a buddy when that was going on that moved from like the Detroit area, and we just gave him shit constantly. And then he, of course, got the last laugh a lot of the time, but we just gave him shit constantly. Um, I mean, I was like. During the Knicks days, like when the big Reggie moments happened, I was like five or six. And then I had, uh, you know, when they made the finals, I was like, I was older then. So that was a great moment. But I mean, historically, that's the best rivalry. Um, But for me personally, I'd probably would say, I would probably say the Heat. Just because I wanted to beat them so bad. I mean, the Pistons, Uh. the Pistons one was big for me, but like you had those, the three headed monster, you took them to seven games and in a year that the Pacers, people weren't expecting the Pacers to be good, I mean, those games were great to watch. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would probably say, personally as a fan, I would say the Heat series, but historically definitely the Knicks. For me, it's the Heat just because of the fact I was old enough to drink. So all those games I was getting hammered, just having fun with my friends. And it, it, it never ended well, but, you know, it was always fun in the moment. Yeah, I was in high school. I was like a freshman in high school. Uh, maybe a little bit younger, but we started chanting "Beat the Heat," and I just fell absolutely in love with that rivalry. Like I wanted to beat LeBron, nothing like more than anything else on earth. I hate that guy. For <laughs> those reasons. Well, we used to we used to do uh, Chris and I when we used to watch the games. We would do some of the most effed up crap just because we were superstitious. Like, w- one time we, like, made our buddy, like, we were down by, like, 10. We made him get in the, wheel- you know, the wheelbarrow where you grab the dude's legs and he's walking on his hands. We literally forced him into the wheelbarrow position and we made a comeback. So, for, like, 25 straight minutes, I was just holding my buddy's ankles as he's in a wheelbar- wheelbarrow position. We wouldn't have certain drinks. I mean, it was it was a crazy time. I had to wear the same outfit, same boxer, shorts, and jersey every game. <laughs> what about that picture we used that was put up? That was for the... Yeah. We used to pray to the Denary picture. We had a Blake Sheldon picture that meant a lot to us. Yeah, don't tell Denary that. We've had him on twice. We've never admitted that to him. So don't tell him that. I, I'll try not to tell Denary about that, but I don't know. I think you guys should tell him that. He'd probably actually find that a kick out of it. <laughs> Maybe. All right, that's all. just had a bunch of water bottles and a Denary, so I like it. Connecticut. Yeah, that's right. you got to drink that Connecticut water. <laughs> Well, well that's, that's all the questions I have for you guys. But. All right. Well, uh, before we wrap it up, any final thoughts? Something, last thing you want to get off your chest before we let you go? Um, no, but 
I'd, I'd love to see um playoff matchup. I'm just going to go, we're going to make Eastern Conference Finals and have Philly in the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll sweep Toronto in the second round. I would tickle my pickle for that. Yeah, Sam. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen, but I like your optimism. If that happens, we'll have hey. you back on. Gotta be strong. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one. You too. Yeah, thanks for thanks. joining us. All right, our final guest on today's show, listener show, our second one, Stevie Jr. On Twitter, you can follow him at StevieJr96, a big Pacers fan. I believe also is from the state of Florida as well, correct? Yeah, that's correct, unfortunately. Unfortunately. All right, so how does – I don't know if you were, like, born and raised in Indiana, but how does somebody in Florida become a Pacers fan? Well, I'm actually originally from Indiana. Um, my parents moved us down, my family my family down um, – to watch after my grandparents because they're getting older. I've been here ever since. That's what I figured. All right, so we're giving you the floor. Anything that uh, you want to get off your chest, you want to talk about with us, you go ahead and shoot. This is your interview. All right. So one thing I've always talked with my friends about, about, about them just having loving a certain, a certain sports team is what moment – did they know that that was the team that they were going to follow for, you know, the rest of their life? For me personally, it was in with the Pacers. It was in 2004 when Ron Artest started punching people in the stand. You know, when you're like 10, <laughs> 9, 10 years old, you're like, oh, this is the coolest shit ever. <laughs> but, you know, when, when you're an adult, you kind of realize, oh, crap, that probably cost them a championship. Yeah. Uh, for, well, so for, I just wonder, like, what was your guys' moment you know you no, you're gonna be big Yeah, well, for me personally, it was just something I'd go over to my grandpa and grandma's house a lot. My parents worked, you know, uh, you know, during the day quite a bit, so we would watch Pacer games every single. And my grandpa still watches Pacer games to this day. But I just remember I I fell in love watching Dale Davis. Just I he he's my favorite player of all time, just because he got the most out of his abilities, which wasn't a lot, but he was just so tough, and it was just something about a dude that was like. You know, all these guys are, like, being tough guys and whatever. And then no one messed with Dale Davis because he would just beat the shit out of anybody. So I think for me it was just watching him and just spending time with my grandpa and uh, watching games on the regular. Yeah, I've always loved basketball growing up. And I was I was, I did, I was not a huge Pacers fan growing up for a while. But then I got into high school and I started getting more interested in the pro level. And I realized we got the Pacers game at my house every night. So I'd just go to my room and watch every game and – Probably for the past eight years now, eight, nine years now, I've, I've pretty much tried to watch as many games as I can, just follow them really closely. So, And then in college, you know, I, you'd always have something going on if there's a Pacers game. I always just go get drunk, watch the game, just do something fun. So I kind of fell in love with it in a more natural sense, I guess, over time. But, yeah, definitely all those games against the Heat, all those games early, even when we weren't good, you know, it was, it was still just fun to cheer for a team. Yeah, I would say uh, my experience – I mean, I watched – I was born in 1990, so I was still young, you know, when the Reggie teams, the Knicks series. Um, I don't really remember watching those, but obviously those are big moments. But, you know, when we made the finals there in 2000, that was a big moment. Um, I was a huge fan at that point still. I had, like, every jersey for the Pacers. I would watch the games. They're always on. But I think, you know, the big moment for me was – and it's going to be a weird one – was the 2000 series, so the year after – 
they played uh, the Sixers in the first round, and they it was a five game series. First round series were five game series at that point, and they were the eighth seed. Sixers were the first seed overall. Game one, we go into Philly and we beat the Sixers uh, on the road, go up 1-0 in the series. Now we would lose the series, um, but that team was just like really fun to watch because it was right after you know the finals and kind of like Reggie's done. This is those that era's over. And you still had a glimmer of hope there. And then Artest and Jermaine O'Neal came. And uh, that's when I pretty much extremely fell in love. So I would say, you know, I've always been a huge fan, but that moment was really special for me as well. Okay. Uh, all right. Another question is, um, you, know, you hear a lot of people compare, you know, Miles and Domanis, um Really, people should just appreciate that the Pacers are blessed to have, you know, two top 15, 20 centers in the league. Um, so what, what would you say to someone who keeps saying Miles should be benched or and don't watch it start or um, vice versa? You know, this era we live in, it's a hot take era. and Nothing's ever perfect and we got to change things now. we got to do things right now. So I, I agree with you. I think people should just shut up, enjoy it this year, hopefully next year as well, and then We'll deal with that when it comes. We all obviously want to keep both of them somehow, some way. But in the NBA, we know that it's a business and it doesn't always work out. So hopefully if we trade one of them, we get equal value back. We mix it up. We're a better team because of it. That's all you can really hope for. I mean, as a fan, you're just sitting there, you know, just yelling and screaming to no one. I mean, no one's listening to us except for ourselves. So I think just enjoy it now, like you said, and hopefully we get equal value if we go with the trade down the line. Yeah, I would say uh, just think about – you know, four or five years ago, our centers were Jan uh, Mahinmi and Jordan Hill. So, I mean, just think about how bad of centers we've had. Even Rosho Nesterovic was the starting center at one point. And now we have two top 15 centers in the league. Just shut your mouths. I mean, we get caught up sometimes in the debate. We're like, oh, we need to put Sabonis in. We need to put Turner back in. But it's just like you should, as a Pacers fan, feel blessed that at any point, like, they both have two different styles. And at any point, you know, you're playing the Sixers tomorrow night. Sabonis, you know, he's he's a lot more physical in the paint, probably matches up a lot better with Embiid down there. And then you can also put Turner in there, who defensively, as you just saw, all the games he missed, we gave up, what, like 20 more points a game? It was just ridiculous. So, I mean, you need both of them out there. Um, and we just need to shut our mouths and, you know, appreciate what we have right now. Um, so what would be the most memorable Pacers game you ever attended live? For me, I've, I've been to two. I went to one last year where they unfortunately lost the, the Mavericks, but I, I was perfectly fine with that because I wanted to see Dirk play, who's one of my boyhood heroes because he you know, just destroyed LeBron's dream team that one year at the finals. Um, but also this year, I, I don't know if it was luck or something, but I picked the uh, – Game drove from Florida about 15 hours to Indianapolis to the uh, Pacers Celtics game. Well, you had that three to win it. Yeah, that was probably. I was at that game. That's on my list for sure. Another one for me was Game Six at Banker's Life when PG dunked on Birdman, that iconic iconic play that sent to Game Seven. Oh, so man. those are probably my two favorite games I attended. And yeah. I was at I was at one of the Toronto series games, but I'm pretty sure we lost. So as far as big games, those are the two biggest with the game winner. My The one I remember the most, we've been to a couple playoff victories, so obviously those are great. But 
I can vividly remember uh, the game after the Malice at the Palace. My grandpa and I had already had tickets to go, and they were playing the Magic, and obviously we thought Reggie was going to play, and then the NBA came out with, like, a suspension, like, the night before for him as well. This is, I mean, or sorry, the morning of as well, because he left the bench. So literally, I watched David Harrison. I, You know, we met up with David Harrison. We laughed about it. watched David Harrison. We watched John Edwards. We watched all of those guys just go at it and almost win, and there were, like, six of them, literally six players eligible to play, and just they just went to war, and if they would have won that game, it would have been crazy, but I just vividly remember watching that game thinking you know pretty much well we had a chance at a championship now it's pretty much over and then those guys fighting like they did uh really meant a lot to me as a fan and i was a young kid at that time so it was pretty cool yeah i got two well i've been to several games but more so as a kid but um playoff wise 2013 game six at home versus the heat that took it to game seven that was a great atmosphere um uh in the field house. And then last year too, I was at game six when we played Cleveland, that blowout. I mean, the arena was just crazy. I mean, playoff atmosphere at Banker's Life is amazing. And that, that game against Cleveland last year, when we blew them out in game six, it was, I mean, awesome part to be in that crowd during that moment. Yeah. And then we went to game seven, we drove all the way to Cleveland and I probably almost got no less than like three or four fist fights because I just kept, we just, we were on LeBron. And then I remember this guy was yelling at me behind me because I kept yelling, he's going to LA. He's like, if you think he's going to LA, you're an idiot. And, uh, well, Where's he and per normal, I was absolutely correct. But yeah, just so many memorable games. So awesome though that you got to go to that Celtics game. I'm definitely jealous of that. Oh, man, that was, that was actually just a last-minute decision because I was flipping through my phone the schedule, and I, looked, I had my cousin over at my house, and I told him, hey, you want to go to this game? You know, I have that, I have that Friday off of work so you can drive us there. He's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, we might have seen um, each other there. You never know. <laughs> yeah, never know. Um, so, as Paul George has mentioned earlier, do you guys still harbor any resentment for him leaving? Me, personally, I don't because I look at that roster that he had, and, like, half of that team is not in Half those players aren't even in the NBA anymore, like Aaron Brooks, Monte Ellis, Kevin Stereson. I don't really blame him for like Steve because it's such a bad roster. Um, so do you have any resentment towards him for that? I'm going to answer this before Jake because he's a huge Paul George hater. Um, I didn't like at the time, like Pacers fans at the time, how he handled the situation. Obviously – it's worked out for both parties. We're happy now, but I mean, also you got to think. Well, what if it didn't? You know, what if we wouldn't have made that trade and we would have gotten like Kevin Love? We would be at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. So I don't know. I didn't like how the situation was handled, especially like the quotes that he made days before when he was at that charity event in Indy, and he said, "My goal is to bring a championship." I mean, obviously we knew he was full of BS, but. I think the thing that just – I don't have any – yeah, the, that team was awful, and as we look back on it, I totally get, like, why he didn't want to, you know, go for another season, especially with Larry Bird making the decisions. But the way he talks to the media, and he, even, he himself even still brings it up. I mean, just a few weeks ago, he said something about getting booed in Indiana. Like, he still talks about it. I just wish the guy would shut up. Um, but I'll let Jake talk about it more because he obviously harbors more resentment than I do. <laughs> Who are we talking about? I don't even remember. <laughs> this guy, I'm telling you, here's what drives me nuts about Paul George. Paul George comes in. 
He wins everybody's heart. He's the kid that plays hard. It's hitting threes. All of a sudden, he starts developing this game. Oh my god, um, he's the next. He's the next great thing. He gets hurt. City of Indianapolis rallies around him. He's playing it up. He's had some rough playoff series, but he's supposed to be the next guy. So we're going well. We got a chance to win. Uh, you know, win some big time playoff series. He just doesn't show up. I mean, then he nick, nick, then he nicknames himself Playoff P. He's not Playoff P. Why don't you just try being like just Paul George? He he changes his number to thirteen for PG thirteen. It all just got so Hollywood so quick with this guy. And then instead of just saying hey trade me, where the Pacers have some leverage, he goes out and makes it just known that he wants to go to LA. He's only going to LA. Luckily Pritchard's a wizard. He gets us Oladipo. He gets us a bonus, so it works out. And to say I harbor ill will, I, I don't I don't think I harbor ill will as much as just the ride of him being a good player to being one of my favorite players to then to then him just going to Hollywood and just being like somebody who just totally wasn't even what he was at the beginning. It just makes me sick. I, I imagine I liken it to what the Steelers fans are dealing with right now with Antonio Brown. I, that's honestly what I think it comes down to. Yeah, and for me, of course I hate him. I can't even look at him, and I get sick <laughs> to my stomach. But that's my that's my right as a fan. I'm allowed to hate that guy. He okay. It was the charity softball event. He specifically said, I want to be here. And then, boom, a week later, everyone's saying he wants to go to L.A. We put us in a terrible position. Like Jake said, luckily we got out of it. But I can't stand the guy to this day. I can't even look at him. I think, yeah, we've all moved on, but I don't root for him like some people do. No, not at all. So. I I'd, um, I'd love to take a picture of his face and then smash my phone right in his face just staring at him. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, sorry. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little petty. Like, when they lost to the Hawks last night, I was pretty excited about that. Um, also, I bought a T-shirt for my Pacers that said uh, 4 plus 11 is greater than 13 in the, in the team colors. Damn yeah. right. Sure is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it is what it is. I mean... He obviously wasn't going to stay, and I really don't think Larry Burr is going to build a good roster around him. But, I mean, yeah, like you said, Pritchard's a wizard, bringing in Oladipo and Sabonis, which was, you know, probably the most heavily criticized trade in recent recent memory. And then him, you know, Oladipo developing to an all-star and Sabonis developing into a future all-star, most most likely. Yeah. And I actually, I, I like Sabonis from Gonzaga. I watched him there. He, I'm like, why is it, why, well, first of all, why does Magic trade this dude? And then why does Thunder trade this dude? Yeah, in all reality, I mean, the Orlando Magic were just the dumbest out of that whole scenario, <laughs> trading those two guys away for what now is Terrence Ross. <laughs> and they're going to likely trade him at the deadline. So Magic, not – I mean, we could be a lot worse off, that's for sure. Speaking of trade deadline, no, it's trade season, deadline's approaching, everyone's pretty much eligible to be traded at this point. I know, you know, you guys here always state best we trade or depots the bonus. Uh, Turner at this point, also Bojan, Sad, and you know, some of the rookies like Karen Holiday, less of a big trade. you think the Pacers will make any moves if I had a trade deadline, maybe getting rid of Carlson or Tyree? They could. I think they'll try just because I think Pritchard's good at his job, so he's going to hear whatever offers come his way, maybe make some as well. But in reality, I don't see them making any moves, honestly. Just I think it's what we need specifically is harder to get. It's a little more asking price. I don't know if we want to get – somebody would want something in return decent. And all of our assets are young, and we don't necessarily want to get rid of them for, you know, maybe a player that might struggle fitting in. So I don't 
Personally, I don't see them making a move. Yeah, I don't really see them doing much. Uh, the only thing I could see is maybe if Tyreek, uh, if his attitude, play, effort dips, uh, maybe we look to trade him. But you got a problem with Tyreek, which we've talked about on the podcast before. He's quote-unquote too good to send to somebody to tank, and he's not quite good enough to make a contender better. So it's kind of like, other than just sitting his ass on the bench and playing Holiday or something, other than that, I'm not sure what else we can do. So I've I've got some ideas of things I'd like to see done. We'll talk about them a little bit later on the podcast when the trade talks, but it's going to be tough to make a move, I think. Okay, yeah. I mean, you kind of don't want to mess with the chemistry if the team's clicking this good. I mean, they they play with that the depot for like 11 games and went 7-4, 8-4. Yeah, I think that's mostly what they're banking on is because I think they also have an open roster spot. So I think they're banking on getting someone to sign in February or March and going from there. But if they do make a move, I think it'll be very small, maybe just for like a bench player or something like that. But I don't see them doing anything extravagant. Like you said, the chemistry is just too strong. 15 games over 500 right now. I mean, you don't want to mess things up. And these guys like playing with each other. So, um you bring another guy in, you don't know if he's going to fit mid-season. So I would just prefer they keep things the same and, you know, not ruin what they got right now. Also, how high were you guys when Alan they hit that three from the corner yesterday? The one that just rattled in. It almost didn't go in. It was just a flick of the wrist. It looked perfect the whole way. Everything he does in the G League or Developmental League, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's amazing. All of the stat lines I see, him and Sumner. So hopefully... In two years or so, those guys are consistent players on this team, which would be awesome. Yeah, I think I cried when I saw that go in. I made sure that I recorded it right away. Um, you know, just a big moment there because everybody on Twitter is all on the Alizé hype train. All those young guys, they want to see him get some playing time. And him to come in there and oh, yeah. make his first three-pointer, uh, that was just big time. And, uh, you know, I hope we get a few more blowouts so we can see some more minutes from him, that's for sure. One overlooked thing about that three is the pass of Aaron Holiday that got to him. And that, yeah. was, that was a veteran move. That he had that pass cross court, and you know it gets overlooked because you know how they you know hyped up to be Draymond two point or better. But, yeah. Yeah. Aaron Holiday, I've been so surprised with his passing ability. I mean, I know he led the Pac-12 in assists, but that doesn't really mean a whole lot. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, I think next year, if he's not starting, he could. I mean. He's he's a good – I mean, you take a point – we needed a point guard. Uh, and to have him fall to us, I mean, that was just great luck. And I think – I don't think he'll start next year, but I think he's going to be the point guard off the bench. Eventually, I think he will be the starter, and I am looking forward to that. Uh, I don't see Collison back next season. Um, and if we had Kojo and uh, Holiday next season, I'd be pretty happy with that unless we go out and get somebody else. But I would love to see Holiday get more minutes. If they're not going to play him, you know, up here right now and there's time, I'd send him down to the G League just to get him some playing time and some reps. Better than him just sitting here on the bench. Yeah, him and TJ are both on that weird spot with the night. 
Yeah, yeah, but out of the G League and they're not getting really any minutes in the, uh, in the NBA. Yeah, and... Yeah, I mean, D.C. is often not coming back. I mean, that's, that's a given. Yeah. You think they'll try to... They have Kojo's... Uh, they have his full bird right, so you think they'll try to re-sign him on a cheap deal and maybe try to uh, upgrade at maybe the wing position or just get a stretch forward, maybe like a Tobias Harris, if the Clippers try to bring in Kawhi and Durant, like a rumor. There's no way they can afford Tobias. Yeah, I could see that definitely being the case. Uh, and plus, Kojo has, I mean, his, when he shares the floor with Victor, uh, good things happen. I don't know what the plus-minus is or whatever that stat is, but it's a very good statistic when they're playing together on the floor. Um, so uh, I think, you know, him and Holiday together, I think keeping him – keeping a guy like Corey Joseph is vital because not everything – he's like Thad. Not everything he does shows up in the stat line. Uh, defensively, he's very solid. Um, he hustles every play. So, he's been shooting the three well. Yeah, he's been shooting the three a lot better. So I, uh, I'm i big on Corey Joseph, and I hope he does come back. I think right now he makes like 7 or $8 million a year, so to get him back on like that type of deal would be great. You don't want to overpay for him, but I think for sure they could at least get him for that amount next season. Yeah, I expect the passing off is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, one thing that me and my brother, before we moved back up to Indiana – talked about a lot was who was our favorite role player on a certain team. Like, you know, not a starter or a low-end starter or someone who got a big deal. One of my favorite players watching growing up, and he did play for the Patriots a little bit, was actually Luis Scola. Because I remember in 04, the Argentinian Olympic team, when they beat the U.S., guys like basketball. Uh, that was one of my favorites. Well, not favorite, but one of the most early moments of basketball. I was watching that team with Ginobili and him. And then I watched him in the doing his little post moves, I was always really kind of surprised he could do moves like that for how unathletic he is. Yeah, absolutely. Him specifically, he's always he was always one of my favorite guys to watch on the team. Just seemed like he tried really hard, big hustler. And then nowadays it's got to be Thad. I mean, Thad is my favorite role player yeah. by far. Yeah, I'm a big, you know, like I said, I think Dale <laughs> Davis, that's forever ago, but I think Dale Davis is my favorite role player. And then there, there were certain guys coming through, um, you know, in terms of their role. I really like Kojo, really, though. I, yeah. I, I like him a lot. I think he's perfect. I think if we did, if we were able to move Collison and slide him to the starting point guard spot, I think he'd be the perfect role player, the perfect point guard um, for sure. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I know, man, there's guys like James Jones. Uh, he didn't play a lot, but I mean, he'd step in and shoot. I mean, just guys that have a specialty. I think I think that's huge for sure. So, but uh, well, well, Stevie, we appreciate you calling. This was a great phone call. Um, you'll have to listen uh, tomorrow. See how how you like it. But you sounded good. Brought us good questions, and uh, we'll have to do this again sometime, man. All right, no problem. All right, buddy. See you later. All right, thanks again to our listeners for calling in. Uh, we like to do that, you know, every so often. That was our second one. We'll be doing that a lot more often. But anyways, moving on. Uh, we talked a lot during that time about trade talk. We didn't want to play our hands because we've prepared some trades. So I'm going to give you guys the floor. You guys use the trade machine. Came up with some hypothetical trades um, for the Pacers, maybe some other NBA teams, and I will let you go ahead and just dive right in. Explain your trades, and we'll go from there. Go ahead. Okay. All right, my first one is not Pacers-related. First up, I got 76ers and Wizards are going to make a trade. Oh, interdivision. division. 76ers are going to get Bradley Beal. 
make them a legit contender. They're going to get rid of Zaire Smith, Wilson Chandler, Markel Fultz, and their 2021 first-round pick from the Miami Heat. Wow, I like that. The only thing I just have a I just have a hard time thinking that you know division rivals would make a trade, but I think it actually I think it fits pretty well. Um, the 2021 first round pick that's nothing to laugh about. I mean, he could be terrible by then. That could be really bad. Um, I I do uh, I do like I like the fit though. Now that you mentioned, I think Beal would be perfect. And to be quite honest, opens up the shooting. I I do think. Butler will be gone by that point too. So I mean, you know what I mean. They're gonna have to play Maybe. together. But I think you could let you know Butler walk, and I think team chemistry would probably be better off too. I like that trade. Uh, my first deal, okay. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. I'm also having Bradley Beal being traded, but I really? have a, I have a deal. Uh, Denver receives Bradley Beal, okay. Markeith Morris, okay. And Washington's going to get Gary Harris. Nothing, I mean, nothing to. I mean, he he was a player for the Pacers there for a while. We thought we might be getting him in the Paul George trade. So Gary Harris, <coughs> uh, one of the Plumleys, uh, I believe it's Mason, Trey Lyles, and an unprotected first round pick. Could be lower. Could be. It's going to be lower. You're getting Gary Harris, a, a good young player on a on a you know a decent contract. Plumlee's an expiring, and Lyles is also an expiring, but he also was at one point a you know a lottery pick that showed some flashes. You're also getting rid of Markeith Morris, and you know Bradley Beal has a little bit of a questionable contract, and I don't think they're trading the John Wall contract. So if they want to make any moves, they they're going to have to trade Beal, I think. So they're going full. They're embracing the tank with those pretty much. Oh yeah, and I think Harris is a guy that can play alongside John Wall and be fine. I think Beal's starting to be one of those guys that needs the ball in his hand too. Yeah, Miles, but, you can't give up on Miles just yet. No, I don't think so. Not at all. So that's so Brad Beal. I like it. You know, one going to 76ers, one going to Denver. I like it. All right, my next up. Lakers Pelicans are going to make a trade. The Lakers are going to receive Anthony Davis. Everyone wants this to happen, so why not make it happen? The Pelicans are going to receive Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, 2019 and 2021 first round. All for Anthony Davis. Do you think it's worth it? Um, I also have a deal for Anthony Davis, not going to L.A. I think I would rather have my package personally, but I don't think that's a – uh, God awful deal, but I am not as high on Lonzo, and yeah. I think that's probably going to be reflected the in my trades. Are. Yeah, so um, that would be huge for the Lakers. Obviously, I mean you're you're mortgaging the future. I mean, but you're going to have LeBron and AD playing together. Yeah. That's pretty so sick. Nothing else. Yeah. Really so I like that. So I'll actually skip ahead to my trade three then because I also have Anthony Davis on the move, and I have the New York Knicks acquiring Anthony Davis. Really? I know. I do. Um, they are going to be trading away Tim Hardaway Jr., Chris Stops Porzingis, two first-round picks. So Tim Hardaway, Chris Stops, and two first-round picks. Two first-round. That's picks. great. That's the best scenario for the Pelicans. I feel like. I think that think that would be huge for the Knicks. Now the Knicks fans are thinking Porzingis could be great. Well, he could be great, but he has some injury history. Um, he's he's very fragile, and you're getting Anthony Davis. I think Hardaway Jr. is a good player, but. If you're getting Anthony Davis, you're more than happy to get rid of him. And because Porzingis is such an injury risk, and because Anthony Davis is one of the best five players in the NBA, you're going to have to go up some first-round picks. Yeah. I think that's Very fair. fair. Okay, cool. You got another one? I do. My next one is the Celtics and the Pelicans. Oh! Another Anthony Davis. Okay. Anthony Davis and Solomon Hill going to Boston. 
Pelicans are getting Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, and Terry Rozier in return. Thoughts? Say that one one more time. I think it. Gordon, Jalen Brown, Terry, all to the Pelicans for Solomon Hill and Anthony Davis. There's some young potential there. Young potential. I think that would be the worst deal that we've said so far. But, I mean, for the Celtics, I think they could spice that up pretty easily and make something happen. Um, It's not the worst deal, but I think that there will be other fish that are bigger out there. Those are three players that, if they play to their potential, are all very good. Very good players. As far as return players, I think that's a decent return. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Okay, so here... Now, I... I start going with some three- and four-way trades. So I, I have three three trades left, um, and I, I'm going to – it's the Mavericks, the Hornets, and the Lakers. Mavericks, Hornets, Lakers. Okay? Kay. So some of these guys are just in here for fillers for contract purposes. But the Mavericks are going to obtain Lonzo Ball, okay. Lance Stevenson, Frank Comiskey, and Josh Hart. Okay, so you get Lonzo and Josh Hart, two pretty good guys, Comiskey and Lance expiring contracts. The Hornets, okay, now remember, the Hornets are going to be trading Kimba here, so this this is going to sound really good, but they're going to obtain DeAndre Jordan, Dennis Smith Jr., and a first-round pick from the Lakers in 2020. Okay? okay. Unprotected. The Lakers are the team that's going to be getting Kimba Walker, Malik Monk, and then Hernan Gomes and, and Dwayne Bacon. So you're just throwing those guys in. Yeah, like so the that. Lakers are obtaining Walker and Monk while simultaneously only having to give up a first-round pick, Lonzo Ball, Lance, and Hart. That would be big. That would be huge for them. And I Hart's think the guy I like the most in that leaving, of course. Yeah, I, and, you know, Lonzo could be good, but it gives the Mavericks a little star power. Uh, they want to get rid of Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, DeAndre Jordan's not going to resign, so you're kind of just clearing out the cap space. So you're obtaining Lonzo Ball, star power, and a really good player in Josh Hart. I think Aiden, or Jordan could resign though. There, I, I, he might just because that's where he's going to probably get the most money. But I think the Mavericks have already kind of stated that they'll be shopping him, and I, I think, think so. he's he's cool with it. Yeah, I, I read a report where they, you know, Mark Cuban's basically said because if I'm him uh, playing with Luca for the next couple of years, that doesn't sound half bad. Does not sound terrible. Uh, I'm out of trades. So okay, you're, you're I got again. two more trades, and I'll make it quick because I know this is a long episode. So, uh, four way deal. <coughs> four way deal. Wow. Four. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen a four way since I was at uh, Skyline Chili last time. So, uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. Now, Memphis Grizzlies are going to be trading Marcus All in this. So they this is what they're getting basically, and the only player they're giving up is Marcus All. So this is who they're getting. Okay. Uh, Josh Jackson, okay, that's the big one. Josh Jackson and uh, Miles Bridges. So two young guys from the Suns. And then they're. Michael Bridges. Oh, Michael, sorry, what did I say? He's a Miles. Oh, nope, not the right team. But I do have the Hornets in this deal. Okay. Okay, so. um, And then just a bunch of fill in guys to make contracts work, including Rajon Rondo. So this would leave the Lakers without a point guard for for this time. But the Charlotte Hornets are giving up Kimball Walker. Okay, that's their big guy. And they are receiving Ryan Anderson, very terrible contract, Lonzo Ball, and this is the big one, a first-round pick from the Phoenix Suns, completely unprotected. For next year. For next year. Not bad. Okay. But in order to do that, the Phoenix Suns are bringing in Kimba Walker and finally getting that point guard. Okay. So they're, they're basically getting Kimba Walker, a bunch of filler guys, and then the Lakers are getting Marc Gasol. 
in that deal. And Tony Parker to kind of fill in that point guard until they get some point guard off the scrap heap. So the Lakers are getting Marc Gasol for Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley, Lonzo Ball, and Rajon Rondo. It's not terrible. I don't hate it. That's not terrible. It's not bad. And they, they could maybe go for Darren Collison there. With that. That's Well, see, I tried to sprinkle in a fifth team. <laughs> Didn't work out so well because everything we did was just not going to work. Yeah. So, um, so, anyways, there's that deal. And this one is very – it's less stressful, but it does involve the Pacers. Okay, okay. So, in this deal, just keep in mind, uh, the Pacers are trading Tyreek Evans and <laughs> like Darren so Collison. Okay. Okay. Listening. Okay. So I don't love what we're getting back, but I I like Josh Jackson. So we are obtaining Josh Jackson, three years, six mil, and he was at one point one of my favorite players in the draft. He's a wing guy, plays hard. I think he could be huge. And we're getting Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell's a guy that I think would give us some insurance. He's a play hard, uh, tough guy like Thad Young, just in case we were to lose Thad. So he would be more of a backup. So we're giving getting Josh Jackson, Dwight Powell, and a second-round pick from the Phoenix Suns. Okay, Phoenix Suns are getting Dennis Smith Jr., a guy that they've been rumored to be on, and Malik Monk. Okay, Dallas Mavericks, they're getting Collison, uh, Hernan Gomes, and Frank Kaminsky. So that's and... That, that's it. That's what they're getting for Dennis Smith Jr., which isn't a lot. But when you factor in that the Charlotte Hornets are also sending him a second-round pick, I mean, come on. Maybe. you can. I mean, you could sell <coughs> The Bulls would take that second-round pick yeah. in a second. And then the Charlotte Hornets, keeping Kimball Walker in this case and trying to go for it and going Tyreek Evans at shooting guard to try to run their second unit. Good luck. <laughs> Let them have them. But anyways, I probably spent like five hours just on the trade machine today just going through it. Yeah, you have to do. I love it. We'll have to do that more often as well. Yeah. yeah Leading up. And I think I'm going to do less four-way trades because it looks great on my phone, but trying to say all of it and the readers are like, I don't know who the hell <laughs> Yeah, I lost wear, track. But that's – it's America. So. so if any of those trades happen, you have to credit us. Yes, credit us first. And uh, I think Chris actually just released our new podcast logo. Pretty pumped about that. Shout out to Rob Robinson. Love the guy. Rob Rob did a great job. And we got another one coming out here shortly. I guess I can say it since it'll be out before. Got a Bojan Bogdanovic. We got two of them. Hit the damn music. Ready to go on t-shirts, and it couldn't be much cooler. So we're going to need everyone listening to buy a t-shirt, 100%. Maybe two if you want. They're good gifts as well. So definitely help out the pod. Help out your favorite uh, podcasters. That's for sure. We got Around the Association? Yeah, we do. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, Around the Association to wrap up. From the Association, presented by Born Ready to Pop. Shaking my chest right now. I love this. Okay, we got a quick little slate here. Four or five items to go over real quick before we uh, send you guys on your way. First up, Ennis Cantor versus the country of Turkey. Have you guys heard this? Seen this? <laughs> yes. A lot of history here, clearly. Cantor over the years has been outspoken about how the Turkish president is the modern-day Hitler. It's a pretty, pretty big claims. Turkey is currently seeking an international arrest warrant for Cantor, saying he was a part of some terrorist organization or something. Um, Cantor is also not traveling with the team this week as the Knicks take on the Wizards in London. Cantor said he feared for his safety as Turkish spies are everywhere. 
I don't even. Are you to a say, Turkish spy? I I am not. But <laughs> clearly, everyone. that is crazy. I've, this, um, we've heard about this. I've heard, yeah, this has been something Cantor's gone on, and um, he's been very defensive about it, which is ironic because he's one of the worst defenders in the league. <laughs> oh, oh damn! Move on to Chris. <laughs> I don't know. It's Turkey scary. sounds like a scary ass place, yeah. dude. From what he said, scary or... stuff. And then I heard they're trying to get him. What's the word? Extradited or whatever. Extradited. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that we would have to turn him over to the Turkish government. Which I don't think we have any plans on doing. Who knows? With, not. Who knows with who's in charge? Uh, Hopefully, he didn't have to go play overseas. Yeah, I don't know. That would be a inc- not incredible story, but that would just be insane. And it's amazing. Like the big outlets aren't really talking about it. It's kind of a big deal. Like, yeah. well, if only he played in a big market. And he's not. He didn't go. To, he didn't go on the trip. I wouldn't either. I mean, screw that. Stay over here. I don't want to play stay safe. Yeah. I mean, watch some game sounds of crazy, man. I don't even. Yeah, watch Game of Thrones. All right, quick hitter right here. Clint yep. Capella out four to six weeks with a thumb injury. Big news for the Rockets. I think this only helps James Harden and the eventual MVP. He's about to win. He's going to average forty points a game. Gee, he's gonna have. Does. He's gonna have to. Uh, I don't know. Like they have Nene, <laughs> they've called up some guys. Could you see him making a move? I can see him making they would. Move. They have to. Kyrie right? Kevin's question. I mean, I was even thinking like they could get a guy like Kylo Quinn. You yeah. know, someone who, not not necessarily Kylo Quinn, but they need to make a trade for a guy like that who can fill TJ in. TJ Leaf. Also around the rim. A guy that, but there's like no one. <laughs> I mean, I would take Eric Eric Gordon. Yeah. Um, I would take a second round pick for TJ Leaf and smile all the way to the bank. So. Yeah, they're going to have to do something. It's not pretty in Houston, but James Harden will find a way. He's going to average 40. They'll stay in the mid-seedings in the West, and hopefully they'll get it together by the playoffs. Speaking of the Rockets, we got James Harden sets the new worst three-point single-game shooting percentage in NBA history, going one for 17. Ouch. One of only two players to ever miss 16 threes in a game. So what are your thoughts? And his quote after the game, they just didn't go in. <laughs> He's going to have those. I mean, he I was love one his for quote. 16? One for 16. And then he followed it the next night with like a 57-point game where he couldn't miss. But it was just it was just funny. They lost to the Magic that night. I He's going to keep shooting. They huh? just didn't go in. They he could go one for 50, and Harden's going to keep shooting. Uh, but, yeah, that's a horrid stat line. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you put us out there, we could at least make two, right? Yeah, at least. Maybe. I mean, wide open, not defended. Yeah. Wide open threes, we got it. All right, Joel Embiid, back at it again with the Twitter trolling. He said he was done. He said he gave him that part of his life. Didn't take long for him to no. come right back. The 76ers absolutely destroyed the Timberwolves, 149-107. to It was an honor to be part of the third stringers and get a win against real NBA starters. That was his troll tweet. He's better at tweeting than he is at basketball, and that's saying something. <laughs> I'm really being serious. Be. I'm, t- I'm being dead serious. Like that's saying something because I have a lot of respect for him. Yeah. So he says the whatever the hell he wants. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, eventually, he's going to grow up. But my God, he just keeps it coming on Twitter. He, I, he's, he, as long as he has a Twitter account, he's going to keep going in on people. And eventually, he's going to say something about the Pacers. I'm going to, I'm going to hate him. Yeah. So hopefully, we don't cross. He needs to just. Keep well, no, he has a lot of respect for Sabonis. Remember that? Yeah. He, he did dab him up a little hopefully bit. Hopefully, he gets that date with Rihanna. He's always yeah. been wanting for. I heard he's. He's not single anymore. He's dating. So he might have moved on from that part of his life. Poor Rihanna. Another Warriors record. Tuesday night, the Warriors scored 51 points. 51 in the first quarter. They hit 10 threes as well. I was watching this game. Denver wasn't missing either. You were loving it. It was 51 to like 35 at the end of the first. Like this game was super high scoring and 
they just couldn't miss to start the game, and then they couldn't miss in the game either. It was just one of those crazy Warriors games that, that come a, around like every couple weeks where they just don't miss. That was a game by the Warriors that says Denver's number one seed in the West. You can have the first seed all you want. You can talk about us not being the best team. But when we actually play, we're going to blow you out. This is is the prototypical when Shrek says, this is my swamp. (laughs) And you don't question it, and you just know that this is their swamp. Also... Marcus Cousins coming back Friday yeah, night. And apparently. that. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's not even back yet. That'll be an interesting yet. game to see. I just want to see how he fits They in. will Hopefully sweep. They if they play the Nuggets in the conference finals, whoever it might be, they're going to sweep. They Hopefully will win. somehow Cousins just destroys over, over under two playoff losses for the Golden State. I'm going to say under. I will say I'll say over just because there'll be games they just take off just because they're like, yeah, we're They're gonna, not going to lose. We're going to win in five games. Time. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's not even close. Denver has no chance whatsoever against these guys. Yeah. Okay. Next up, Blake Griffin ignores Steve Ballmer as the Blake returned to LA for the first time after being traded last season. Ballmer attempted to give Blake a handshake and say some words moments before the game. Blake looked right at him and blew him off and walked into the locker. Ran into the locker room. The the story here isn't that he blew him off. The story is is that he re-signed there, and they based they said that they wanted to make him a Clipper for life. Showed him like videos of him retiring his jersey. And so he re-signed when he probably could have gone elsewhere for a better situation. And then they trade him to Detroit, which he says he likes Detroit. He's always on part of my take. He says he likes Detroit, but he was not signing a contract in Detroit. Probably not. No. Come on. I mean, that was really shitty by the yeah. – I mean, I get it where now players want to have the leverage. That's a classic scenario of right there of, you know, any team can trade you at any moment. Yep. And the fact that Ballmer's trying to go shake his hand, I'd do the same thing, just run right by him. I mean, he signed <laughs> there. They did all that – Stuff like you said, retiring his fake retiring his jersey. They're going to still give him a pity retire, and does you know, he accept it? Does he go back? He will in like ten years, maybe. I mean, maybe. Next up, we got Amon Shumpert stopped from going into the Timberwolves locker room on Monday night. Shumpert claims he just wanted to have a conversation with Yusuf Nurchik after the Trailblazer center set a hard screen against him in the second quarter. Nurkic says, "I'm not going to worry about it." He's going to retire soon. I'm not going to worry about a guy going into retirement. <laughs> He's not going to retire. He's literally just going to be out. So apparently Shumpert just wanted to go in and take on the Trailblazers alone. From what I've heard, yeah. the security guards were like, what are you doing? You're not going in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Shumpert's a crazy man, and that was a crazy move. Yeah. Nurkic is playing well this year. Yeah. Let's I mean, be honest. These locker room stories have probably been going on for years, but now they just get really yeah. – just because reporters are everywhere and they can tweet it right away, they just get publicized. And, I love it. I love the passion. Yeah. I do too. I mean, what I think someone said there's at least – I forget who said it, but there's at least two or three fights in NBA locker room a year for good teams. So that's in, in, internally – I know I'm kind of changing the subject, no, but it's just, part of the locker room. I just remember a couple years ago when the Cavs got Shumper and everyone was like, LeBron has this great playmaker with him now. He's just not good. No. So, no. so is what it, it is. That's it for Around the Association. That's, that's it. We're done, I think. Good episode. Three, episode. three call-ins. Long one. I'm, t- I'm worn out. might have to out. pause it somewhere in between. Yeah, we might ha- you might have to pause it. You know, Go get yourself a shirt. re-energized, buy a shirt, <laughs> and come back break, and listen shirt. later because it's a long one, that's for sure. I don't think we've done one this long since we started. We just had a lot of stuff to say. So Maybe we'll try to go longer next week. Yep, so episode 34. Maybe I'll have another trivia next week that you guys can't answer correctly like today. took you a while, so that probably took a 
if you 10 put minutes a there. On us, we would not have got it. Though. Yeah, that's true. So that will wrap up episode 34, the Mel Daniels episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. Big game tonight against the 76ers. Got a ball out on TNT. Show Charles Barkley what's up. And we will be back next week to discuss it along with this weekend's games and weeks ahead. Appreciate you guys tuning in, the guys calling in today. And we'll be back next week.